0: Thanks for joining us today at Launchpoint Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God, without error, and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the Word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Thanks again, and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. But anyway, we're going to carry on with our, with our series uh, in uh, in Revelation tonight. and I tell you i'm 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 really excited about this uh uh it's it's going to be such an interesting study uh and tonight we're gonna uh, continue with the theme of of the essentials we started that last week and uh I think we got through one verse so so uh hopefully we'll at least get two or three out of the way tonight but uh um, let's just get right into it. If you've got your Bible with you, turn, turn with me to, to Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to look, be looking at verses 1 through 3. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his bondservants, the things which must soon take place. And he said and and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Man, that's that's a tremendous passage, and it's Uh, It's one we could easily, you know, camp out on uh, for a long time. Um, You know, last week we began the discussion, and and Pastor Jim kind of went over some of the preliminaries uh, um, uh, in in the lesson titled Essentials. And and if you've, I think we've got it up there, this is part two of Essentials. So um, Pastor Jim, like I said, presented the preliminaries. He talked about the the authorship of the book of Revelations, he talked about the the date and time it was written in, Um, and he talked about the different forms of uh, of biblical interpretation that that people have adopted as they've attempted to interpret the book of Revelation. Um, But most importantly, we talked about the purpose, the purpose for which it was written, And without, you know, taking the time to review all that again or spending more time on the the different forms of interpretation uh, he discussed last week, suffice it to say that we're uh, approaching the book of Revelation with the the, the futurist perspective. And that means that we believe that chapters 4 through 12 uh, are predictive prophecies talking about things that are going to happen. And because of that, we have to be very careful to read Revelation as literally as possible. Um, you know, we learn that, that the greatest purpose uh, of the book of Revelation is to declare Jesus Christ. And, and it does this in such, a, in such a magnificent way, presenting Christ in his full majesty, his full power, in his full glory, um, and and how is Christ uh, uh, revealed uh, in this book? L- let me touch on just a couple, and I think Pastor Jim may have mentioned some of these last week. Uh, he's the Alpha and the Omega, and He's the Almighty, according to chapter one, verse eight. In verse in verse chapter one, verse eighteen, He's the the Living One who is alive forevermore. Um, He's presented as the Son of God in chapter 2, verse 18, the one who is holy and who is true in chapter 3, verse 7. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah and the Root of David who prevails in chapter 5, verse 5. He's the Lamb of God in many places throughout that book, and he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. According to chapter 19, verse 16, and in chapter 22, 16, he's the bright and morning star. And this, this amazing and glorious revelation of Christ was given specifically to and for the benefit of Christ's bondservants, and, and that's you and I, as born-again believers clothed in his righteousness and pursuing his holiness. What are what are bond slaves anyway? A bond, slave, bond slaves are are slaves who voluntarily became slaves to their master because their master loves them and has given uh, given and proven his love to them. These are individuals who who trust their master and know that his his uh, that his love will never fail, that he'll always love them. And surely, surely this is the picture of Jesus Christ in Revelation, our Savior and our Master, our Lord and our King. You know, we kind of got wrapped up last week a little bit in the kind of the excitement of, of entering into this study. Uh, and, and like I said, we're going to continue with, with the essentials this evening. We're going to try to go deeper into the purpose Uh, of this great revelation as presented in verses 1 through 3 of of chapter 1. In these first few verses of Revelation, we see really a a threefold purpose emerge. Um, And I want us to talk about that tonight. First, its purpose is to declare itself as prophecy, to declare itself as prophecy uh, and beginning in, in verse uh, 1b and going through verse 2 the bible says and he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bond servant john who testified to the word of god and to the testimony of jesus christ everything that he saw you know, the book of Revelation is really the only true prophetic book uh, in the New Testament. You know, although the, the Gospels, you know, they declare some, some prophetic truths, uh, and so, so do all the other writings, really, in the, through the New Testament. Uh, however, their primary emphasis is, is explaining the, the death, the, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how, how we apply that to our own life. But think about it like this. The, the, the first five books of the New Testament are about the past. The next 21 books are primarily about the present, and they're written so that believers uh, in any age might, might understand sound doctrine and understand theology. The last book of the Bible, Revelation, with the exception of the first three chapters, Uh, focuses on the future on the future that's chapters 4 through chapter 22 it focuses on things that will happen soon you know in that uh, as we read there in uh, in 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 verse 1 things which must soon take place you know in every generation and and I can remember hearing this uh, many times growing up as a kid. Uh, in every generation, from from, from Bible times uh, all the way to the present day, you know, people have proclaimed that, that Jesus is coming soon, uh, that we're living in the end times, the last days. Uh, uh, some have even conjectured that, that he's already returned and we just missed it. Um, many people have even prophetically pro- proclaimed the exact date and time that he's going to return. Um, but as we know, those times have all come and gone but we still hear these we still hear these same things today. Um, and I, I'm sure all of you have heard some of those that uh, um, in fact he was supposed to have come about a year ago and <laughs> didn't make it um many people have uh, um, get, get confused about that word soon but soon doesn't soon as used here doesn't mean quickly as most would suspect uh, in this in if this were the case Christians for decades would have become discouraged and and probably fallen away in in in, in dismay and disappointment. You know, the letters to the, uh, to the Thessalonians were written partly to explain that no one has missed it and to reassure that Christ will indeed come back. Um, a very familiar passage, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, says, says it so beautifully. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who remain, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort, therefore comfort one another with these words. Second Peter uh, 3, 8 and 9 says, but do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. You know, the Lord uh, isn't rushing the process because he desires to, to gather all unto himself. You know, Jesus came to uh, primarily to, to seek and save the lost. And the lost are still out there, and, and we still need to be seeking them. Uh, you know, that, that's the mandate that was left for us. Um, you know, soon doesn't mean in a brief time. Uh, or it doesn't mean quickly, as some people think, think of it. Soon, as it's written here, means imminent, imminent. In other words, meaning it will ultimately come to pass. It has less to do with time and more to do with the fact that it will, it's something that will definitely happen. So it's important that we grasp that uh, when we read uh this, this, these verses here in, in the opening of, of, of the book of Revelation that, that it, it is still soon in God's time that, that it'll be soon that, that Christ uh, comes back and, and we have to be ready um, and you know the Bible says that when it happens uh, it's going to happen unexpectedly it's not going to be predicted nobody's going to say Jesus is coming on uh, May the 13th uh, um, the Bible says it'll be like a thief in the night uh, uh, and we must be ready we must be, we must be vigilant uh, and alert, allowing nothing to make us complacent or to distract us you know the enemy wants, wants to deceive us into thinking that there's plenty of time um, that there's no rush to prepare And that he he doesn't want us to be concerned about that right now. Uh, But know this, it will happen. It will happen. And the Bible says it will be like the twinkling of an eye. So we we have to be alert. We have to be vigilant. Uh, As as Peter writes in 1 Peter, we have to be sober-minded and alert to the things that are happening around us. The Bible tells us that we're not to worry or be concerned about times or epics uh, that the Father himself has set in place. God is in control and God is sovereign over all things. Let me say that again. God is in control and he's sovereign over all things. You know, Luke records this in in Acts uh, 1, 6, and 7. He says, So when they had come together, they began asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, It is not for you to know periods of times or appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority. You know, instead of worrying about... um, about when, we're to let that word soon keep us focused, keep us motivated to pursue God, to to live obediently, and and to always grow in holiness. You know, we should be thankful that that soon isn't defined for us. Soon should keep us focused and intent on striving to be in, in right standing with God and keep us chasing after the the mandate that Jesus left for us in Matthew twenty eight to go and make disciples. You know, He's not waiting just so we can sit around. He's waiting so we can go and make disciples. He wants us to gather them in. And and sometimes it seems like we're not doing a, a very good job of that, doesn't it? So we must be ready and we must live with great expectation for we don't know when he's coming but we do know and have the promise again praise god that he is coming back he is coming back and with all these things in mind in mind it's important to it's important to keep in mind that the book of revelation now think about this it's the only book that's written entirely by an angelic being and that it was given to John as a testimony to Christ Jesus. And that's one thing that sets apart the book of Revelation from all the other books in Scripture. So our first purpose is to declare it as prophecy. The second second purpose is to declare blessing, to declare blessing. And we're going to pick up in verse 3, Blessed is the one who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things which are written in it. You know, the book of Revelation is, is full of blessings for those who, 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 who read, hear, and heed the things that are said. And how, and how are we blessed? Uh, let me give you just a few examples. And, and one is what I just read there. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are in it. You know, if you do that, you're blessed. Uh, in chapter 14, verse 13, uh, the, the Bible says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. In chapter 16, verse 15, we read, Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. In chapter 19, verse 9, we're told, Blessed are those who were invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah, I love that one. Blessed and holy. Uh, John 26, John records, Blessed and holy is the one who has part has a part in the first resurrection. And chapter 22, verse 14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates of the city. So just, so just what what does it mean to be truly blessed? Uh, you know, as you can see from, from the things I just read there, um, Blessing rarely means uh, health or, or success or, or, or financial gain, although, although such blessings do occur, praise God. But these are earthly blessings, and, 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 and the, a, as such, they can be taken away. But true blessings are those blessings that bring us comfort, that bring us peace um, when there seems to be no peace and comfort. James 1 12 says blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for once he's been approved he'll receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who love him Hmm. and that that and that's true blessing right there Uh, that's what true blessing looks like now notice again what verse 3 says blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and heed the things written in it. You know those wor- those three little words there: uh, read, hear, and heed. They're, they're they're systematic in nature, and and they point us to what what should be a way of life for the believer. Uh, we're to, we're to read the word, we're to hear the word, and we're to heed or be be obedient to the word. Now think about this. There's no eternal or real blessing outside of obedience there's no real or eternal blessing outside of obedience the blessings of God always follow what obedience to God you know John uh, wrote in John chapter 14 beginning with verse 21 the one who has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and the one who loves me will be loved by the Father. And I will love him and will will reveal myself to him. If anyone loves me, he will follow my word and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. You know, that's a powerful statement. And and we can never take flippantly the mandate to be obedient. And that's not saying be obedient in a few things or be obedient in some things that are convenient. It's It says be obedient. That's obedience in all things. Hmm. Thirdly, the book of Revelation has as its purpose to declare urgency, urgency. So we've declared prophecy, we declare blessing, and now the book of Revelation declares urgency. Look at uh, beginning with the second part of verse 3, the the last few words there. For the time is near. For the time is near. Now, now, again, that doesn't depict... uh, Time chronologically. Uh, instead, it, it's a reference to decades and seasons and eras or 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 dispensations. Uh, you know, there was the dispensation of the law from from the from the Abrahamic uh, covenant until the beginning of the Church Age in in Acts two. Then there was the dispensation dispensation of grace, and that's from Acts two. And the starting of the church all the way through Revelation chapter 20. That's the dispensation of grace. And then the the next great event in God's history is, is imminent. It's imminent. You can count on it. It's coming. Mm. And that's the blessed return of Christ Jesus. Wow. You know, as I was thinking about that statement uh, I, I, for some reason this happens a lot I, I'll think about an old hymn and as I thought about the, 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 the coming of the Lord there I, I was reminded of a hymn that we used to sing a long time ago it, it goes like this what a day that will be what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace when he takes me by the hand And leads me through the promised land. What a day. Glorious day. That will be. Mm. Jesus has commanded his followers to. And that's me and you. To. Watch expectantly. To watch excitedly. For his imminent return. And honestly sometimes in the. In the hubbub of life and the busyness of life, that's a thought we don't think about much, isn't it? But it should be. uh, It should be right on the forefront. You know, Christ is coming. You know, Luke wrote uh, um, an amazing passage, and I wanted to share it with you. It's Luke twelve. 35 through 40, and it kind of talks about this. Let, Let me just read those words right quick. It says, So be dressed in readiness, and keep your lamps lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master, when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he the second watch or even in the third and finds, finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if if the head or of the house had known at what hour the the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. You know, I think that's a a lot of meat in that passage. You know, the writer of Hebrews exhorts us uh, in in Hebrews 10.25 to always be encouraging one another, Uh, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know, Peter reminded his readers in in 1 Peter 4.7, the end of all things is near. And John added in 1 John 2.18, for this we know is the last hour. You know these verses are for you and for me and and they should really drive home the idea that it's it's the church's responsibility our responsibility to keep one another focused to keep one another encouraged and prepared because Christ is coming back and and praise God for that <laughs> Praise God that He's coming back; that He's promised that to us. You know, let, let me, in closing, let, let me ask you tonight: Are 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 you prepared and ready yourself? You know, as we as we go through this book of Revelation, uh, my hope is that it it gives all of us the. Uh, uh, a fire to be prepared and ready. Uh, that we quit being nonchalant Christians but be uh, Christians who who are, who who are anticipating the soon coming Lord, who were watching for the his imminent return, uh, who are encouraging others and and and, and lifting others up to 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 get ready, you know, it's our job to point to point to Jesus, point to His coming, um, you know, and that's the the purpose we've all been uh, tasked with. You know, we said Sunday our purpose is to is to bring honor and glory to God, and we do that by pointing people to Jesus. Um, so if you're prepared and and ready to work and uh, and, and to share so that others may be prepared for the imminent return as well. You know, if that's you, you that, that's good. That's good. That's where we should be. Um, you know, that's the mission that the Lord has given us all. Amen.